this is usually when we have a nice little funny start to the the dad pops podcast uh there's been some changes here in the last uh, couple weeks i'm sure that our listeners have have noticed that h and and snaps have uh been a little absent here in the last uh month or so so i'm just going to kind of break that down a little bit uh h and snaps have left left the show they have left dad pops uh uh, effective pretty much last week this will be the first episode without them i am very thankful that they uh they took on this endeavor with me and it was uh, a really fun two uh three month span four month span that that we had i think it was 16 episodes with them i really think that they uh brought a lot out of a lot of good stuff out of me and I look forward to seeing whatever they're going to do in the future. To uh, to both of them, I wish them uh, nothing but success. And and I'm excited now because now we're we're going on to to new things. We're going on to a new show, a new brand. Uh, after this cold opens down, we'll break it down for you. But uh, for right now, why don't you turn your music up a little bit, turn that dial up because Dopus and Rochambeau with Mayday are about to hit you. And this is no instructions needed. We got that out of the way. <laughs> that was I, that was a little tough to get to get out of the way, but I am uh, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, this is a completely new brand. Uh, it's kind of the same vibe I think we're gonna go with here. But let's introduce the band members. How's it going, the Dean? How are you doing? Are you looking forward to this? I am looking forward to this. So uh, thanks for bringing me on. And I think we're gonna have a little bit of fun, us three. So yeah, nothing but uh, high hopes for this. Uh, new branding and uh this kind of tweak in the podcast here awesome and there guy that we're that i'm excited to bring on full time not only for his booking capabilities because they are second <laughs> to none but for just because me you know quite honestly him and i every time we have podcasts together we really click and we we see a lot of the same stuff julian ortiz of the big O podcast is coming on full time we're the two dads on the show dean is not julian are you excited to be a part of the no instructions needed podcast 100%. I'm glad to be a part of this. You know, obviously, you know, things change and people move on. Unlike, you know, Philip Rivers leaving <laughs> the San Diego Chargers and going on to the Colts. Every once in a while, you need to shake things up. And uh, I'm happy to be here with Dean and obviously you chaps because uh, you guys are good dudes. And we might get ourselves into a little bit of trouble with what we say, but you know, what? we'll have some fun doing it. Absolutely. I don't want to lose some of the vibe we had with the Dad Pops podcast. You know what? I'm going to do a quick little celebratory uh, little shot here. I'm not drinking the whole thing if you see this on camera, <laughs> but uh, to the Dad Pops podcast, on to uh, newer and, and hopefully greater things. There we go. Cheers. Oh, that's a Tuesday <laughs> whiskey if I ever tasted one. All right. Did anyone buy any Game Stock? GameStop stock? Did anybody buy that? Because... Uh, next time Reddit decides to do this, can someone just send me a text to be like, hey, I'm about to make $20 million off of like 20000 Can you please uh, just, just send me that text? You know what I mean, Julian? Hey, listen, there's like a 10-year-old kid who cashed in his stock just the other day. I think he got like $30,000. Good for that kid. I'm not going to pretend to know anything about what happened other than learning words like 
Uh, I, don't know, I can't even remember them right now, but it's just it's it's a ridiculous time. Uh, all I know is Robin Hood was a thing, oh. and Dave Portnoy was was you know talking about some things and squeezes and short selling and all of these things that I'm not educated enough to speak about. But it is a crazy time that looks like the consumer or the people who sort of lost out, the middle class who lost out during the big financial collapse, are finding a way to sort of regain some of what they lost and the big boys in the big pet houses and the big buildings in New York don't like it. And that is great for us. Fucking awesome, man. It's so awesome. (laughs) Screw those guys. Right. Well, you gotta count on one thing and that is the house always wins. And if you see the stocks today, they are coming back down to to earth. Uh, Unfortunately, I was a day late and a dollar short. I bought some Nokia stock. And uh, that ended up not being worth anything. But, you know, I just wanted to get into the game, see if I can make a few bucks, seeing if uh, it lived up to the hype. And for me, unfortunately, it did not. But uh, I had some fun doing it. And, you know, I'm keeping them, seeing what happens. Hold the uh, line. Diamond strong hands. Hold the line. Hold that line, Dean! Hold it! (laughs) You don't go into a casino assuming you're going to win and you should have the same mindset when it comes to these kind of things too so you know for the people that made money off of it good for you you know fight the power all that good stuff but uh there's there's too much money at stake and too much too many powerful people kind of manipulating things for this to uh, yeah be fuck a robin thing. hood you, you have a you have a name like robin hood like that's your name that's your motto right and then you know what you do you're just like you know what since we since we sell all of our information to hedge funds, because that's what Robinhood does, that's why it's free is because they collect your information and then they sell it to hedge funds. Our hedge funds buddies are losing money right now. And then they just come in there, they take the name Robinhood, and now they're just stealing from the people. They intentionally tank those markets. Dave Portnoy, yes, he's done some bad stuff. Don't don't I'm not gonna sit there and say he doesn't. But for the maybe the first time in his career, he is one hundred percent right. <laughs> That what's that guy's name from from Robin Hood? I can't remember his name right now. He's just getting dragged, though. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, one one of the things you got to look at is uh, Portnoy is a man of the people. We've seen this through COVID, the Barstool Fund. Like he is doing a lot of things, and he likes when people can elevate themselves. Much like Barstool when they got bought, like they continue to elevate. Whether it's their CEOs or their CFOs or COOs. He wants everyone to sort of gain in that prosperity. And it's interesting because listening to the Bill Simmons podcast uh, last week, he had a guest on that really talked, who knows way more about this than, than I do. And he talked about watching what happens next because what happened with AMC and GameStop was like a test. Small markets, when you have a lot of, a lot of people who get their money together, who can make a lot of change, they can flip some things. Then they talk about going after a middle to big stock like American Airlines and saw what they could do again. We're looking at you know the next six months to a year, a potential big company be put under the microscope and, and we could see some effective big change. And if that happens, that might be the only time where that house may cash or cash out some people before they ultimately win again. But again, that's all it's going to take one time. It's going to take one big payday for people to sort of get it before it's, things sort of reset themselves. And listen, I'm all I'm all for it. These hedge fund guys got away, got bailed out after the, the financial collapse. 
the people who got screwed didn't get anything back. Well, it was me and you. Like it was you and I that yeah. got screwed. It was it was Dean that got screwed. It wasn't the banks. Like like some of these guys that 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 do like the portfolio analysis and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, they didn't see this coming. And it and it's just it's super frustrating because you just know that that like like Dean said, the house always wins. And for once, the people took care of it, and and the people won. Now. Obviously, that has not gone well this week. I believe GameStop was at <laughs> three hundred some odd dollars a share, and now it's probably at what, like fifty, maybe. I, I think don't it's one hundred and ten ish. Oh, it went up a little bit. It was at seventy seven today at one point. Um, so it's nice to see that now. Reddit, please, if you guys are going to do this again, please tell me which st- Blockbuster would be a good one. If there's still Blockbuster <laughs> stock there, I'm all for that. Please, just tell me what you're going to do next. Cause I would like to turn 20 grand into 20 million, please. That's all. That's all what I want to say. And one other thing about Dave Fortnite, the fact that it took CNN, I think it, that how long has the barstool fund been going on two months, let's say something like yeah. that. It's the fact that it took CNN two months to get him on there to discuss it. And it took like this crazy stock market swing to get like a 30 second excerpt or a 30 second, like little interview about it is complete garbage. I know that he's on Fox News all the time. I know that he said vote Trump. I, I think that a lot of that stuff's terrible. He's raised over $30 million for small for small businesses. It's absurd that it's not getting more coverage. Yeah, man. When you watch the videos of the people finding out that they have been confirmed for the Barstool Fund and you know you just see like the pure happiness and joy coming out in like terms of like they're crying because their business is saved. That's, that's a nice little video to watch. I don't know too much about Dave Porno. All I know is about the barstool fund. And I know that he likes to review pizza, but you know, <laughs> I don't know much about his past. Seems like a pretty rad dude to me. <laughs> he's, he's got a little bit of a checkered past. Like, you know, he said some things, but I mean, we've all said some things and I think yeah. we need to get past the fact that sometimes people that we like, align themselves with an idea or someone who is pretty bad, but that doesn't mean that they are bad themselves. You know, my favorite football player, Tom Brady. Yes, he did align himself with Mr. Orange, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Tom Brady is a racist or starting a Capitol Hill coup, like any of those things. Yes, he made a poor decision. Yes, he liked maybe some of the ideas that he that Trump represented, maybe some of the policies on how he was going to, you know, not get taxed as much money. But I don't think he agreed with some of the politics or the way things were handled or necessarily said about an individual. And I think we need to stop being ridiculed for liking the idea as opposed to the actual person behind the idea. So that's, that's just me. Well, no, you're right though. I mean, like Jake Allen, I'll just throw it to Jake Allen really quick. He was supposed to be the number one overall pick in the draft and he dropped to eighth overall or whatever, because he, when he was 14, he tweeted out a song lyric that unfortunately had some derogatory terms in it, and he dropped to eight to eighth overall. I think it's, it's kind of a scary time. It was funny. I was talking to my little brother about this on my way up uh, from work and it's, 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 you know, it's a weird time because yes, you should be held accountable for your past, but when you're like 14, 15, 18, early, early twenties, like some of the things you say, you just don't realize what you're saying and like the effect it can have on people. Dave Portnoy, he does seem like a rad guy. Don't get me wrong. Like, like he does. Totally. Seem pretty, he seems pretty cool. He's got the, 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 the pizza, the, the barstool brand is such a bill. It's a billion dollar thing. And you cannot, 
no one can ever talk about his work ethic because that guy literally built that thing brick by brick by brick. As he mm-hmm. says, like it, it all started as a newsletter in Boston that he used to go hand out. That's how it started. It was just like a newsletter. And then it grew into this crazy big company, but you know, he still has to be held accountable for some stuff he's done specifically since he got spotlighted. And there's some parties that if you want to do some research on, there's some parties that he held in Boston that didn't exactly seem the funnest. I agree. If if you're old enough to know what you're doing, you should 100% be held accountable for uh, people like Josh Allen and people that tweet something when they're 13 years old. Uh, you know, it's still not the right thing to do. And I don't, you know, condone that behavior in any kind of way, but they're just kids, man. Like all the crap that we used to say when we were kids, like some of the stuff that I wouldn't repeat to this day, you know, it, we're not being held accountable because we're not under the spotlight. And, you know, just because these people are in that position to be a huge name and a huge market and a huge sport or industry, you know, it, I think you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and, you know, Kids are kids, man, at the end of the day. When you're older, sure. When you're 18, 19, but they don't know any better and their parents aren't monitoring their Twitter or their Facebook and, you know. But idiots I'm, at the same time. Complete idiots. When oh, you become sure. that famous, just go and delete all your Twitter history. Oh, like, I, sure. don't, I don't know what you're doing. Like, like you, you, you're you at 18 and you're the starting quarterback for wherever Jake Allen was. I, I honestly don't know where he went. Josh Allen. Or Josh Allen. Uh, Jake Allen's a terrible goalie for the Canadians who are playing behind me. Um, but uh, wherever it was, Wyoming, I think maybe it was somewhere cold. Wherever he went to university, you know you're going to be like a starter. Delete all your tweets. Just delete everything. And then once you get drafted, delete all your stuff from college. <laughs> Just- they hire people to do that for them. And like, I don't know how they miss these things. Like they hire like publicists and stuff like that to like scrub their social media history and delete anything that could be, you know, construed as negative or, you know, hurting their brand or their public image or anything like that. And some people, I guess, like screenshot it or something like that. It always comes to light. But, you know, if you get like the littlest of inkling that you're going to be a successful person in a huge industry such as sports, delete that shit, man. Yeah, I'm going to have to delete my Twitter right now. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about accountability, right? I think a, a part of this conversation is about the time in which you grew up as well, right? Social standards at the time. A 12-year-old our age or when we were 12 is very different than a 12-year-old now the exposure, the things that they are open to, and the idea of knowing right and wrong doesn't solely fall on the child. It falls on the parents. And parents nowadays are more about being friends to their kids than parents. And, you know, my mom taught me, and I already told my daughter this, she's like three years old, almost four. I'm not here to be your friend. It is great if we can be friendly, but my job is to be your dad. And that's what we have as a responsibility. Whereas, Kids nowadays where get the newest iPhone, go on vacations, their love gets bought because the parents are either working or they want to go on vacation. They spend more time with the nanny and the teacher than they do with the actual parents. And a 12-year-old now knows words not to use, you know, uh, misinformation not to say, like all of those things when it comes to being discriminatory, kids know way better than we did because of their current exposure, because of all of their devices and the TVs and all of that. I mean, one of the best points is a a topic we talked about previously, Mitchell Miller. Yeah. Mitchell Miller had to have known better at his age what he was saying and what he was doing was wrong. And people were up in arms that he deserved to play, deserved for a second chance. And the idea behind that is you deserve a second chance, depending on what you do. 
if you show a little bit of remorse, Josh Allen is a great example of a guy who still had an opportunity because he was good enough. Mm-hmm. So instead of going first overall, he's still going to play football. He's just dropping down seven spots. Sure, it's going to cost him $40 million on his rookie contract, yeah. <laughs> but he's going to make that money up. Depending on how bad it was, he could have just not ended up playing in the NFL altogether. And I think with some of the cases, depending on your talent, you may not get that opportunity. But if you're good enough, someone will give you an opportunity. I want to go to the kid thing here really quick. What you said is hilarious because I tell my three-year-old this all the time. <laughs> She's like, I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm like, Luna, look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain. And this is not a democracy. This is communism. Go to bed. <laughs> that's, that's how I – and she just looks at me. She's like – communism or <laughs> democracy so yeah i agree i think parents gotta start being more parents and i gotta quit uh you know trying to be best friends i can tell you one thing my dad i love him to death he was not my best friend growing up <laughs> he was just not oh dude when i would say something like repeat something i had heard at school and if it was in any way you know negative or something that i should not be saying like discriminatory or whatever you want to call it my mom would lose her you know what? And I had a single mother growing up. So, you know, it was kind of on her to do that. The treatment of women, stuff like that. One time I just kind of gave her like a little punch on the arm and she just rocked me right back in the arm. And like, I was just like, Hey, how's it going? And I kind of gave her one of those and she rocked me right back. And so you don't hit women like stuff like that. You know, I, I barely touched her, but I knew after that <laughs> to not lay my hands on a woman in any kind of way so you know those things kind of stuck with me right and i agree with uh the big o's point here is you know they they can't be your friends and they have to lay down the law because you know i knew right away that i shouldn't be saying these things or doing these things and if she heard me do it and the reaction i saw from her you know i i changed my ways right away yeah, my mom threw a frying pan at me once, so I've been scared of her ever since. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, all Lori Chaps is, uh, is she she can she can be a little boisterous, just like just like her uh, her son. Hey, one thing I want to touch on here too, as we're kind of talking about the, the diversity, almost uh, you know, issues like that. It's Black History Month, so if you follow us on social media, which I don't know what that's going to be yet but i will make sure i'll send some do links it. out to it, but do it uh we're doing uh every every day here in in february since it's black history month we're going to do a uh a, a, a black canadian that has done some crazy amazing stuff uh the first two days have been lots of fun uh and if you want more information on these people you just got to click the links that we put out there uh there'll be a whole diverse category i kind of want to go back a little bit more in time into some Canadians that you don't really learn about in school. Uh, I think that that's very important is because you don't get taught about these kids, which is a whole another issue. Uh, you don't get taught about these people as a kid. So I, yeah, look it up. Uh, uh, Julian's gave us a, a great list and I have a couple of mine as well. So make sure you guys are supporting that. So I just wanted to get that out there. Now, a nice, uh, a nice transition. We're talking about college. We're talking about kids. Um, one of the things that I that I saw earlier today, which makes me happy, because obviously for anyone who sees behind Dean and who maybe just listening, his roommate's got like one of the greatest gaming setups uh, <laughs> that you can that you can sort of see. And me as a kid, I was a great video game guy. I loved sports games, and it was announced today that EA Sports is coming back with NCAA college football, which for me was be- the best football game better than Madden at the time. It was just amazing. They're coming back with it. But the interesting twist is 
they don't know when exactly they're coming back. And that's mainly because they're running into licensing uh, issues because starting in 2022, I believe in some states, the NCAA is changing its policy on likeness. And for the first time, collegiate athletes will be given an opportunity to make profit off of their likeness because for so many years, the NCAA just took all of that money, pocketed it for themselves, and athletes weren't allowed to get any of that. I find that very interesting. I like it. I, I'd like to see how it sort of comes about, but to see EA Sports' commitment to this for the college athletes and for the sport, I think it'll be kind of cool. You know, Chaps, what, uh, what do you think about this new venture EA Sports is getting back into? Oh man, Coach Doug's is coming back. Uh, no, I think it's brilliant. I can't believe they don't do it beforehand. Uh, you know, I'm going to say something and it's going to sound a little weird, but this is just how I feel. Those kids better get paid, or else it's just slaves. I mean, that that's the truth. Those 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 things get those uh, those colleges, those universities get paid. Uh, they I, I don't know millions of dollars from everything so those kids better be getting paid i don't know if i agree with like paying them to play without like a salary cap system maybe it's like 50 grand a year or something like that but if it's their likeliness they deserve a million dollars or whatever they can get you can't control a person's likeness so i'm excited about it to be honest with you i never played the college game i'm not gonna lie i never did i was more of a madden guy but coach doug's almost like i was very close together with with doug's was going strong there on uh, on barstool but uh I, 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 I'm excited. You know what? I'll probably, if, if they give the kids money, I'll buy a game and I'll give it away on, on the podcast because I, uh, I, I fully support that. Yeah. I'm with chaps and I'm more of a Madden guy. Uh, I think I played college NCAA football once or twice, just like at a buddy's house or something. But, uh, in terms of paying the players, uh, the NCAA is the biggest scam out there. <laughs> <laughs> tv rights ticket sales uh you know concession merchandise they make all that money and they have to pay the team staff so the coaches and the trainers and stuff like that the players do it for free and they sell jerseys with let's say a number 23 on it and just no last name on it that you're selling that jersey that player's jersey at the end of the day and they're putting them in the video game they're you're using that player's attributes for speed agility quickness like you're doing a carbon copy of the guy just not putting a name on him put his effing name on him give him a little money and everyone's happy right there's still going to be an absurdly rich corporation or athletic association whatever you want to call it so i am all for it uh and i think these guys deserve to get paid you know i think it's going to be interesting what the structure is uh you know with your your major schools and then your kind of lower end division one schools like obviously there's going to be a bit of a payment discrepancy there but you know if you're if you're putting a product on that people pay to see you should get some rewards for that and a lot of these guys don't end up going pro right they get regular jobs they're on podcast with their two boys right they just have regular lives yeah so why not maybe help out with the cost associated with going to college which in the states is quite high and you know make life a little bit easier for them. Yeah, I, I, what you just said there is a little bit contradicting. I mean, a lot of those guys are on scholarships. But, uh, but, but a lot of them aren't. Yeah, yeah I don't know. We've played football, a lot of them are on scholarships. But it, what I'm saying is if, if, if you cap it at uh, – you can give uh, Marcus Mariota – I don't know, he's the first quarterback came to mind because I think he was a five, five-star five recruit. Uh, you can give him $50,000 a year. Like that's the cap that you can give the – 
the best player. The only problem where you're going to find with this is when you start going to like, uh, do they have uh, ping pong? I don't know. Whatever, like the lowest collegiate sport that you can think of. How do they pay those athletes? Because it can't be the same for everybody, right? So when you're talking about paying players for the on-field stuff, I think that's where it gets a little a little dicey. Well, I, th- I think it's going to be open to what the college decides to do. Whether a ping pong player gets paid or not is going to be completely, you know, up to that college or that player's skill and whether or not they're going to be the the Michael Phelps of, of, of ping pong. But realistically, what this does is it sort of evens the playing field just a little bit between major colleges when it comes to football and basketball. Let's be very honest. These are the two sports in college that garner the most money and most attention. When we have NCAA tournament or the college football system now where they have their national championship and they've expanded on the 265 bowl games that they broadcast each year. It'll be very interesting because this started with California and then it started and then it went to Florida. And now the NCAA itself realized that it had to make a change because there was going to be a distinct unfair advantage in those States that were allowing people to play, to pay their, their players. I don't know how it's going to work out. Um, especially considering it's supposed to happen within the next two years and the yeah. system tiering with money due to COVID and the fact that like these collegiate athletes are playing and they only had some of them a six game season, how this is all going to work out. But in a system that forces you to play three years before you're eligible to go to the next stage in football, you might as well get paid because as we see in football all the time, you go from college to the not for long league. You could be there for three years. Yeah. You could be like Tom Brady, be there for 20 plus years. Fuck but you, it's, not, <laughs> it's not always the same. You might as well get paid for the shortness of your career. Earn the money while you can because we see what happens to athletes who fizzle out early in the NFL and have nothing to fall back on. At least this gives them a little bit of a financial windfall. Yeah, I just like, like I said, like I think you have to. If you're going to do it, you have to cap it for all teams, right? Like I said, like 50 grand gets the top player. Like that's as much as you can pay them. But the likely, to me, it's not even about like paying them for the on-field stuff. It's the likeliness. Like I just don't understand how they they can't go to a car wash. Like Johnny Manziel, who is, again, not the best guy. He got, did he not get in trouble for like signing autographs or something like that? Yeah. Like, like, like that's, that's, that's such bullshit. And I get he's a billionaire because his his he's an oil tycoon. But you got a guy like uh, I don't know T.J. Lang again. These are random names. <laughs> Offensive lineman that used to play for the the Packers. He went to uh, Wisconsin, maybe I, I don't know. But when he was there, I mean, he probably came from no money. So why can't yeah. he go to a car wash and say, "Hey, I'm T.J. Lang. Let me you know give me a give car me wash. A, yeah, I'll give you a car. <laughs> like 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 that stuff is so silly. I just I don't I don't uh, I don't get. It. By the way. I downloaded ping pong for the Oculus. Oh, the oh my God. <laughs> That's why. Oh, it's, it is why it is the most realistic game for the Oculus. Like you, like, cause when I first put it on, I'm like playing, I'm like, oh man, this is like, I, like trying to figure it out and all that stuff. But it is the single most realistic game I've ever played in my life for, for anything. Cause you have to, I play a lot of ping pong growing up. You can, you have to hit it. Like you're spinning it the way you serve it. It is, I played like a hundred. No, that's not true. I played. Chaps I can play ping pong. Yeah, I'm a good ping. I am a good ping pong player. <laughs> you are. Yeah. Uh, I played like 40 games last night. <laughs> it, is, it is incredible. I, I think we need to come up with an over under, Dean. Well, we won't 
include chaps in it but we'll do an over under of like minutes before chaps talks about the oculus because oh. i think we're like we're like 20 minutes in i would have probably taken the under and lost but you know chaps i think uh, i think you got to work on oculus as an official sponsor oh it's coming i am going after their ceo the, like uh, if you don't have the oculus you don't know what you're doing because my wife doesn't play any video games i come home uh, or not come home, but the kids have a nap. She throws on the Oculus and she does the lightsaber dance thing. And it is incredible. It is $430. The games are only like 25 bucks a piece. The most expensive game is 35 bucks. I, I, I mean, it, it is incredible. The boxing, like my muscles are huge now, man. They're huge. <laughs> Shout out Mrs. Chaps. She's, she's a legend. She is. She is a legend. She, uh, she got me through this last week and uh yeah she she's off obviously uh she's amazing but um like i said get the oculus and dean you better you better get the oculus you're a single <laughs> guy you got disposable income because me and you can play ping pong against each other like really? we can yes we can i want a playstation 5 first man oh man get this what, what games did you guys used to play growing up like, like when you were growing up in your whatever your teens and stuff like that what were you guys on playstation xbox what'd you guys do Oh man, <laughs> N64, he's N64, it for us. baby. The first thing I got a TV in my office, the first system I hooked up was the N64. You know, you got Mario, Mario Kart, Diddy Kong Racing, Donkey Kong 64, Star Fox. It's probably, oh, Star Fox. Oh, <laughs> it's it's easily one of the greatest consoles. For gaming, when it look when you look at graphics and capability of like a rumble pack and a memory card, I loved it because I was always like a, a tier below an Xbox or Sony PlayStation for the longest time. But for me, Nintendo, they they did no wrong other than the Dreamcast, which was terrible. Um, oh, Sega, bro. Oh, I, I have a Sega Game Gear somewhere in my basement here. So it's, Sega, Sega was Dreamcast, and then oh, that's right. And Nintendo was GameCube after. GameCube, oh, he just dropped some fucking video game yeah. knowledge on your head, Julian. <laughs> I forgot about that that uh, that Ray that CD console they came out with and then quickly dropped <laughs> the mini CD. What did you play, D? I had a PlayStation growing up, and uh, I was mostly just sports games. I was never the biggest gamer, and uh, Mega Man had a oh, soft spot yeah. in my heart. If you know Mega Man, Mega Man X, so I'd rock that all the time. And Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, stuff oh, like yeah, that. Exactly. Spyro. Madden. Spyro. Did you ever play Spyro the Dragon? I never played Spyro. What? <laughs> oh, Grand my... Theft Auto. Oh, yeah. You got to pick up those hookers in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, when I was 14, I, I dabbled in that, obviously. <laughs> what, a, what a game for like parents to let, let let their kids play. Like They don't know, right? You play, you're, you're stealing cards, robbing banks, killing people, uh, having sex with hookers, <laughs> doing drugs. They bought it for me. <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. <laughs> like They don't even know. It... Uh, I yeah I I played what did I play I played a lot of sports games Spyro was a big one, uh, but a lot of sports like a lot of uh, Madden like constantly always getting a new Madden FIFA I remember FIFA being a big thing too Oh man what's this Well that's <laughs> the original 64. Madden is that that's the original one right Madden Madden sixty four and oh then arguably God. the greatest multiplayer game of all time 007. Yeah <laughs> yeah Goldeneye I'm actually watching that movie right now. <laughs> Why are you on this Pierce Brosman kick? 
I called you yesterday. You were you were watching Pierce Brosnan. Why you why, what are you doing? I'm actually on a James Bond kick. Oh, I crushed all the Daniel Craig ones and uh, now moved on to Pierce. What are you what are you watching? Which one is it? Goldeneye. Oh, it's Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah. that's not bad. His, his that's the only good one. His 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 uh his James Bonds kind of sucked to be honest. Well, I'll tell you in about a week when I crush them all. They're bad. <laughs> they are, they're bad. I I promise. Gold, Goldeneye was good. Goldeneye was yeah. good. Because that was his first one that he did. Tomorrow Never Dies. The World Is Not Enough. I mean, they weren't the greatest ones. Which brings up a great point. I mean, we're going to argue. We're going to disagree about a bunch of things. Who was the best Bond? Like, oh, who Craig. is your Bond? James Craig. Daniel, Daniel Craig? Daniel, Daniel Craig. I said James Craig. I've been drinking. Wow. It's okay. Like, who's that? <laughs> I've had, I haven't. It's, but you guys know. It's been a tough couple of days for old chaps here. <laughs> Daniel Craig. And you guys can make fun of me. I'll, maybe I'll, I'll accidentally slur like I did last episode um, of the old podcast. Uh, Daniel Craig is the best actor, I think, too, to ever to take the role. Sean Connery was a good actor, but he really could only play one way. Daniel Craig was so much more. He could do, he could do everything. I, I think he, he, quite honestly, he's like Christian Bale when it comes to Batman. It, I don't even think it's close. It's not, it's not a bad comparison. The thing about Connery is that he was so good at acting that they didn't care what he sounded like. Yeah. And so they were just kind of just like, you know what, you're, you're good in your role. We'll just we'll figure out the sound that's coming out of your mouth, even though it doesn't really jive with any other bond that we're ever going to have again. <laughs> and I mean, whether it's Roger Moore, uh, the one and done Timothy Dalton, like there was... There's some there's some great bonds. I agree with you. I think Daniel Craig is is the best bond. I don't think it's um, I don't think it's an argument, but I would say Connery had some for the longevity of his career. He he had some pretty iconic Bond films. I haven't seen many of the old ones. I must admit, so I'm gonna have to go with Daniel Craig because crush him, Matt, Matt. Sean, Sean Connerys are good. Yeah, I'm going through them all right now, man. I'm on a big James Bond kick. What the hell's going I'm digging on? It. Like, 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 I'm you... digging it. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? Uh, it's awesome. The best one of the best movies I've ever seen, actually. And maybe like ah, maybe not best action movie I've ever seen, but Casino Royale is pretty good. Like that that's a phenomenal, phenomenal movie, just in just in general. But uh yeah, Daniel Craig is is the only right answer. And he's my bond too. It, it, like Pierce Brosnan, I never really watched those movies growing up, but Daniel Craig, like I remember, <laughs> you can hear it on the fucking mic. Uh, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel Craig, Daniel, Daniel Craig, uh, he, he's just such a he's he's such a good actor. Who should be the next Bond though? Oh, so much controversy. Is it going to be oh, a yeah. female? Is it going to be yeah. a male? Is it going to be someone? Idris Elba. You know, oh that, that yeah i mean the guy did beat covid very early on so i mean and like if, hammered covid like fuck yeah. you covid yeah 100 yeah. um and i mean that just adds to some of the iconic roles he's played i'd like to see him i'd like to see him i mean the way that they're sort of setting it up as like a fail safe is they're introducing a female james bond in no time to die in the, in the latest movie mm-hmm. i guess they're gonna wait and see how it is sort of received before they decide if they could pivot or if they want to try to go down that road of having her as the Bond moving forward. If you're one of these idiots that doesn't think a woman can play James Bond or a black guy can play James Bond, please shut off the podcast right now. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Give us a terrible review because go fuck yourself. Anyone can play James Bond same way anyone can play Batwoman or Batman. It does not really matter. 
Wow. Fact is, if it is if it is a good enough actor, they will make you believe in that product. And Idris Elba would be a great uh, a great 007. Uh, Tom Hardy, even though he's white, and this is kind of contradicting, Tom Hardy would also be a great uh, a 007. But to me, there's only one answer here. If you're going to want to pivot it, it's got to be Charlize Theron. I mean, like she's she's already good. like she's she's phenomenal. She's too busy in the Fast and Furious franchise right now, locked in for a couple more of those. I I think it'd be kind of hard, but to disagree with one thing you said. Oh, um, <laughs> shit! Yeah. Not Earth. all, not anyone can play some iconic roles, and George, George Clooney could not play Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and so I thoroughly disagree with that latest <laughs> statement. Um, I think it can be offered. I don't think that they can be played by just anybody. So, oh, uh, so there you go. Just take that one. On my end, as long as they come up with a good movie product and I and I believe in the character, I'm easy, man. No matter what the race or gender is, I'm easy. So just as long as they keep rolling out bangers of films, Dean's happy. I, I just don't understand why people have this. I can't. I gotta. I gotta leave that last one alone. But uh, I, I. I just. I cannot. I just don't understand the people that that don't want Idris Elba to be Batman because I actually think Idris Elba would be a phenomenal Batman. You mean James he, Bond? No, Batman. I, I honestly, oh. I think. I, I think he'd be a phenomenal Batman. There was a rumor that before they hired or hired uh, Robert Pattinson to be Batman, they went kind of like a different direction with it. That he was going to be Batman. I think he would be a phenomenal Batman. But then there was all this like, oh, he has to be white. He doesn't have to be white. Like, why does he have to be white? It has nothing to do with anything. And and it, I would I would be I was happy when Josh Whedon, who turned out to be a bit of a creep, but Josh Whedon was gonna make the the Batwoman movie. I was jacked on it. I will say this though. The Batwoman TV series, it kind of sucks. That's the truth. I mean, it's just it's not it's not the best. There's in terms of the superhero universe, there's a fraction of the amount of, you know, black or other race superheroes and there are white ones, right? So should that limit these actors' opportunities to land these roles? No. You know, they were made a long time ago when, you know, putting a, you know, maybe a black superhero in there might have been, like, seen as, like, a progressive step, just one. And that is what it is. That was a time that uh, they lived in at the time. But at, at this point in time, who cares who plays what role or what color their skin is, you know, it's, they shouldn't be limited or as to what roles they can audition for based on the color of their skin. That's just the way it is. I'm, I mean, with it being black history month, uh, one of the best things, you know, we can sort of talk about is the job that Ryan Coogler did with elevating black Panther. Um, and Stan Lee and Jack Kirby did phenomenal jobs of writing a character, not the typical story that we've seen in so many movies where you have this young black man or woman who grows up with either drugs or family issues or not knowing parents or whatever. It's like a played out story. Instead, what they do is they elevate black culture. Yes. You know, Wakanda being a superior area of the world hidden from them because they're not ready to take in some of the riches that only they have. And when they wrote Black Panther, the many, many years ago, it was one of the original comics that they put into Marvel and he'd always been this sort of, you know, badass guy. Ryan Kluger did this great job. He actually just inked a uh, five-year deal with Marvel to bring out a Black Panther television show over Disney Plus, as well as some other platforms. He elevated Creed in a great story with Michael B. Jordan. But if you look at some of the Black characters in the Marvel universe, 
Storm was one of the toughest chicks oh, yeah. out there. And again, Hal Berry. You, it, Halle Berry. But even, if, I mean, go back to the go back to the comic book TV show. Oh, no, for sure. Storm was killer. And so I think Marvel has done a great job with that. They're even pivoting Spider-Man to go into uh, Miles Morales, which is a great storyline as well. Uh, they just created a video game for Miles Morales on the Sony PlayStation. Um, and so... I think we sorry, Miles seeing, Morales. Explain that. Is that is that the guy from uh, the uh, the multiverse? Is that who that is? Yeah. So so they they introduced him in the multiverse, but the Miles Morales character. I mean, we we tend to forget. We'll we'll go into this so hard, but Batman's have had so many iterations. Superman, Spider Man, and there were times where there has been a Latino Spider Man, and it gets his own comic book, and it's Miles Morales. And this is sort of the time where they're looking at now where. This is an opportunity to pivot from some of the mainstays of white guy, white teenager, white man playing these iconic roles and starting to take a few more risks when doing it, uh, while also making sure they keep the integrity of the character. So Marvel, shout out to you. Uh, Ryan Coogler, can't wait to see what you do on Disney+. Plus. So I, one thing I will say, I agree with everything that, that, uh, that Julian just said, but ju- just because... It is a uh, like the Black Panther. I will be one hundred percent honest, with everyone. I thought it was a good movie. I did not think it was as good as what everyone thought it was. Maybe it's because I've seen it like after the fact. You know how like you kind of get like everyone saying it's so good. Sure. Just because that film comes out, that doesn't mean you have to like it. That doesn't mean like you, sure. you have to like like the movie. Don't 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 take what I said the wrong way. Because because I, I don't believe that. If you didn't like the Black Panther as a movie, I see lots of faults in that movie. There's lots of things I just like, hey, this movie kind of was weird in certain in certain spots. But you have to accept the fact that it's okay to have that. You have to accept the fact that it's okay to to go about having black superheroes and black role models. And, and what you said, the most important thing that you said in your in your monologue was uh, <laughs> was uh, was you have to elevate these 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 uh, the, these minorities in, in certain ways because not. <laughs> To, to have a black superhero that is a prince instead of coming like from nothing and being dragged up, that's super important in today's world. And again, you don't have to like it. You don't, you don't have to like the movie because personally, I think Black Panther is like a six and a half out of 10. That's just what I think. But a lot of people love it. It's okay if you don't like it. Don't think you're a racist because you don't like the Black Panther. But don't just don't like the black. If you don't like the Black Panther because there's black people in it, then you're probably a racist. <laughs> you're definitely a racist. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I don't got nothing to add on this one. Uh, Julian, very well said, very eloquent, and I agree with you, my friend. Thank you, Dean. I always appreciate you, buddy. Okay. Awkward transition. Um, you know what's happening this weekend? It's the fucking Super Bowl. Did you guys know that? <laughs> All right. First things first, Dean, you're not going to get a talk here for a couple minutes. Julian, I put yes. out a fucking challenge to you. And you did not respond to it. As I said in the challenge, if the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, you get a makeover by your daughters. If Tampa Bay and Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, who doesn't really coach apparently because that's what he said, win the Super Bowl, I will get a makeover by my daughters. Just like the Dad Pops podcast has got a makeover to... What's the name of the podcast, Julian? <laughs> no, no instructions, instructions needed. needed. No instructions needed. So, Julian, do you accept my challenge? 
Of course, I accept your challenge, chaps. I was the one who came up with the challenge. I <laughs> throwing you under the bus. Now, listen. Uh, I wanted to wait until we got together so we could sort of talk about this, but um, you know, obviously, you know, we've had our quarrels about you know the greatest football players of all time, and you know, T- Tampa Bay. They they're they're the team I picked from the beginning of the season, and you know, if they win, I've got a pretty juicy picture to be able to show some people come Monday morning because uh, I might need to start betting the stock market because I'm, I might have some forethought into this, but yeah, I mean, listen, I love a good friendly wager. No better way to do it than to involve our kids. And I am happy to get a makeover. Should Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas city chiefs, uh, you know, find a way to, to beat Tom Brady. I will say, you know, this is the second time I'm going to mention your wife. I did message her. Oh, what? I don't know if she told you, but I did message her and I had asked because I wasn't sure if Luna had ever given you a makeover prior to the one you're going to have after the Super Bowl. And I was going to pay her money for these said photos. And that was going to be how I accepted the challenge. But unfortunately, it's never happened until Monday. And so. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. My daughter is itching. She's ready to go. She's ready to start doing some trial runs on me. I told her, <laughs> pump your brakes, kid. You're going to have to wait for another year because it ain't happening this year. I uh, I think my, my my daughter might put lipstick on my face a couple times. I remember like she put lipstick on her mouth and like, gave me like big kisses all over the place. But listen, I think it's a cool thing. I, I love this is going to be lots of fun because Tampa Bay is probably going to get shit fucked. Um, but, <laughs> but I, I just, all right, Dean, you could, you could, let's, we got to figure out bet for Dean and all this too. Cause I got he, it. You got, you got it. Dean's going to pick the point spread. Oh, that's good. That's really and if good. Dean gets it wrong. Then we'll have to talk to an entanglement partner or maybe his roommate or something. And we'll figure out a nice, uh, a nice punishment for, uh, for Deaner. Oh man, this is. I'll good. have to eat a large pizza to myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that would suck. <laughs> I think. I think. No, what is to... the spread? Oh, I, I think don't it's know. like three. I think it's three. Kansas City's favored by three. Three and a half. It was three and a half when I bet on it. So okay, I, I'll go Chiefs for sure. So okay. wait, so Chiefs are going to cover? The, 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 this, yeah, they're going to cover. Oh, hundred percent. Okay. 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 I, I like so it. what, what like are you it. wagering though? Number like, 10, hey, number 10 with a couple TDs. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Here. We got we gotta get some parameters as as Dan Levitard says. Dan Levitard, please come on our podcast. I love you. <laughs> um as Dan Levitard says, we gotta get some parameters and all this. Dean, what are you wagering that the big O and I will have to do if if they don't cover the spread? Or if they cover the spread, what do they what what will we have to do? Because I think I, I think really that, have no ideas. We can talk about it off. Off okay. Screen. Well, we'll have to we'll have to come up with something. Or, I'll, or when when I shut up finally, I'll, <laughs> I'll think of uh, I'll think of something. So, Dean, let's hear your Super Bowl prediction. Let's go MVP final score. Go. Final score will be thirty-five to twenty-one. Kansas City Chiefs in a, a convincing victory. MVP Patrick Mahomes, uh, probably four touchdown passes, and uh, yeah, that's about it. What were what were the other ones? Is that it? Heads or tails? Oh, tails! Oh man, Pat McAfee's putting thirty thousand dollars on heads or tails. Um, 
Yeah, he's crazy, man. I love that guy. Yeah, that all guy's right. funny. All right, big old. You know what? I'll I'll let you wink. I, I see you looking at your phone or something right now. I'll take it. The final score of this football game is going to be 31 to 28. And it is going to be a tight game because Tom Brady plays nothing but good Super Bowls. I wanted to say 31-17 because that's truthfully what my gut tells me, what my heart tells me, but my head is like Tom Brady plays nothing but good Super Bowl. His worst Super Bowl was 13 to 3. And that was arguably the worst Super Bowl of all time, unless you're a Patriots fan. That, that Super Bowl was god awful. It's going to be 31 28. It's going to maybe even the last second field goal to win it uh, by their big, uh, big kicker by Kansas City, because Kansas City is going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, and you know what? Everyone's taking Patrick Holmes as, as MVP. By the way, Matthew Stafford, Patrick Holmes, pretty much the same quarterback, except they one plays in a good system. That's that's my hot take. Uh, I, I think, you know, who's going to be MVP? I think it's going to be Travis Kelsey. I think Travis he Kelsey. He was my second choice. Yeah, I think Travis Kelsey comes through with a big, big game. And, uh, yeah, 31-28 MVP, Travis Kelsey, heads. Okay. <clears throat> now that that nonsense is finished, <laughs> it's – uh. So in I'm in a playoff pool. I've broken this down for a few friends. Kansas City Chiefs are going to finish with 26 points. What's in an open air stadium at home is not going to be enough to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa is going to be up seven with two minutes left to go. Kansas City is going to have an opportunity to drive down the field to tie the game or try to win with a two-point conversion, which I think Big Balls Reed would actually try to do. Yeah, he would. He would He would try to win Super Bowl, yes. I think the Tampa Bay front line finds a way to force an errant throw in which the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense picks off. It ends up being a seven-point game. Tom Brady wins MVP, and he retires. Oh, wow. That's, I think I think that's the big one because here's the thing. This is more about 33, 20, 30, 34, 26, 36. 36. 36. And I think, uh, or yeah, eight point game, something like that. Um, I think one of the most important things here is that Tom Brady had this season to show everybody that he was not just a product of a system and that the system couldn't just plug in anybody. Like a lot of people had thought that there did come some skill and understanding of a system that didn't have top level quarterback or wide receivers and running backs all through the years outside of Rob Gronkowski. There was no consistent number one wide receiver. He was there with, this is a statement. He wins at home. First quarterback to ever win seven rings. And most importantly, puts a big gap between the only guy who I think has an opportunity to challenge him as the greatest of all time when his career is over in Patrick Mahomes. He will have beaten him twice and beaten him on the grandest stage of them all. I think that's it. Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, let's go. Heads, heads, by the way. Heads, heads. thank you, thank you, thank you, heads. So first of all, if Patrick Mahomes wins this or loses the Super Bowl, he can never be the greatest full time. He lost to to Tom Brady in Super Bowl. That's just, those are the facts. Um, The only one that to me, again, can touch him is, is Peyton Manning. But I've already alluded to that in previous episodes that now because Tom Brady has reached the Super Bowl, he is the greatest, (coughs) sorry, of, of, uh, (laughs) of, 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 of all time. Uh, you're, uh, yeah, listen, 
there's not much I can argue there other than maybe you like you gotta give Bill Belichick some stuff here, man. He, he, oh. he was playing without eight Pro Bowlers on his team. I mean, I, I still think I honestly think it was the system and not the quarterback. I think the quarterback was excellent in New England, so that's not what I'm saying. I think it was a good marriage. I, I just don't think Bill Belichick had a a good chance to prove he was Bill Belichick. I totally understand. Listen, I'm a Pats fan. I get it. They lost a lot of key players on defense, but the thing is that offense never once looked like it had its shit together when you just could plug in a quarterback into a system. Jared Stidham looked terrible. Cam Newton didn't look have terrible. The, no, 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 yeah, no, he no. He, he, he didn't, he didn't have the, the, the synchronized system that they were hoping to and being able to open up what I believe they said the 30 extra pages in the playbook that he could then run because he was a more more uh, mobile quarterback. I think they'll Belichick will have an opportunity next year with a team that has returning some of their defensive players. But at the end of this year, it will be hard to argue. There'll be more work that Belichick will have to do yeah. if Brady wins this year. Until he gets to Sean Watson and wins like the next four Super Bowls. Hey. Um, <laughs> I hope so, baby. I Could hope happen. so. Oh, I hope to God not. Oh my God. Can you imagine the rich get richer. I, uh, I, I disagree a lot with what you said with Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton was actually terrible this year. I think he had one good game. Uh, against was, the Chargers. Against, no, against well, Seahawks. I don't know if you've seen that game. He threw like 400 yards against the Seahawks. And they almost won. They almost yeah, they won. Did. They really did. Um, Cam Newton was one of my favorite players in Carolina. He just, he was, but the fact is he, something's gone on with his arm or his, I don't know. He just, he's not as good anymore, but Deshaun Watson, actually, how the fuck have we not talked Jared Goff and Matt Stafford? That was wild. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what the chart, what the Rams were thinking when they made this deal. Oh my God. Really? Um, Really? I think, I think it's interesting because Stafford's biggest numbers came when he had Megatron. That really elevated him earlier in his career. I forgot. I think he's a good quarterback. He's the toughest quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just, I don't see them elevating to the best team in that division. I still think Kyler Murray will have some things to say for the Arizona Cardinals. I think the Seahawks are still pretty, you know, pretty good. I think it'll be very interesting to see what the Rams do, but Sean McVay has shown that he got to a Super Bowl and could not repeat the magic. And so I don't know. We'll 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 find out in three years if this was all worth it. I think the Rams definitely got the better quarterback, but the extra two first round draft picks and a, and it was a third, I believe, going to Detroit, like that's a steep price for you know someone that is better, but not by a lot, you know, he, he's a decent amount better, but not like, you know, there's not a huge gap in between their talents there. Uh, the Rams have a awesome receiving core. They got a fairly good offensive line if memory serves. So, you know, I think Stafford can do some good things, but I'm, uh, I'm with Julian on this one. You know, I don't think that'll bring him to the top, the upper echelon of the NFC. Uh, you know, and I think Jared Goss got a pretty good opportunity because Detroit's receiving core is still pretty good too. I think Galladay was hurt for most of the year so he'll have a revamped uh, receiving core with him back next year and yeah man only time will tell 
You guys are nuts. Matthew Stafford is one of the best. I could argue Matthew Stafford is the most underrated quarterback in NFL history. I, and I think I could argue that pretty substantially. You know how many yards he threw for last year? 4,000. You know how many touchdowns? 26. He is, uh, he is unbelievable. And try, I hate the fact that he went to the Rams because I don't think it was a little mm. bit better, Dean. You're completely wrong. They are a whole lot better at quarterback. A whole lot better. Jared Goff, to be fair to Jared Goff, he might be better. Like, he could he could get better. Like, I'm not saying that because he is still pretty young. His ceiling might be higher. But Matthew Stafford is thrown for 45,000 yards and uh, 282 touchdowns. I don't know when Megatron retired. Let's say four years ago. I'm, I'm honestly not too sure. Uh, I don't think he played 2017. Matthew Stafford has done nothing but throw for 4,000 yards. Uh, How many like, games did he win? Matthew Stafford has, yeah, not very good. I mean, I, I will, I will agree with that. I will agree with that. Do you know how many times he's had a top ten defense in his career? Once zero. You know the, oh, once. You, you want to know what the record was that year? Eleven and five. You want to know how many times he's had a top ten uh, rusher? Zero. So oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I, I think, I think there's a lot of holes here that you can, if you want to play that game, we will. But uh, I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew Stafford is on the Philip Rivers career trend. Uh, Philip Rivers, again, played for a great team, but he never could get over the hump, and he won some playoff games. Matthew Stafford's never had the chance to to, to be on a great team and have, other than uh, Megatron for his first, I think it was like three or four years. Again, I'm not too sure. He's never had that, so I, I'm i nervous, man. I think the Seahawks are a little nervous. I, th- I think the important part of this actually has nothing to do with Matthew Stafford. I think the biggest storyline that's going to come from this trade is now what the price is for Deshaun Watson. Oh because if Matthew Stafford is getting two first rounders and a third, plus a starting quarterback going back the other way, Deshaun Watson is going to be starting quarterback, three first round picks, and probably a second and a seventh. Oh yeah, And the only team that's going to give him that New England Patriots. Yeah, I, I mean, it dep- I think it depends on where he gets traded because 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 Indianapolis is actually one of the betting favorites to land Deshaun Watson right now. If he goes to Indianapolis, it's more like five first round picks, I think, to be honest. As dumb as that sounds, because you're trading him within the division. So I, I really think it depends where he goes. If he goes to uh, to New, New England. They're not getting a starting quarterback, Julian, because they don't have one. Okay, um, so, so so here here's my thing. Okay, here's the trade that I like. Come up with some friends, three team deal. Okay. okay, yeah. Deshaun Watson goes to San Francisco. Oh, fuck you. Jimmy G returns to New England. The prodigal son returns. Houston gets four overall first round picks and a couple mid round picks, and maybe some salary cap help. And I think at that point, Houston then eats the fact they're not getting a starting quarterback back, but they'll have enough picks to be able to move up and do something in the draft. Jimmy or Deshaun Watson leaves the AFC and New England gets their quarterback and give up their probably what would be probably two first round picks. Yeah, that would be. You imagine that division to have Stafford, Wilson, Watson, and Kyler Murray, oh my God! That'd be yeah, the Matthew thing. Stafford's the fourth best quarterback in that division. Oh, I agree. Uh, no, Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray's overrated right now. He's not as good as what everyone says he is. I watch him more than almost any. Like I obviously watch a lot of Cardinals games because it affects the Seahawks. He, he, he's good. Don't get me wrong, but he's not Russell Wilson. He's not. He's not Matt Stafford. Like he, he 
He's just not. He might He's get getting there. there. I don't know. Is he? Look at the stats. <laughs> I, <laughs> no. I don't know. All right, guys. We're coming up on an hour here. I, I, I think uh, – is there anything else anyone wants to talk about or, or should we close up and let me go eat dinner? I'm getting hungry myself, man, so uh, I got nothing. No instructions needed out soon. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We're going to have some cool things going on. And we might actually finally get, you know, top chef guy to come on and and do some cool things (laughs) with us. But who knows? Who knows? I got to work on that. Okay. Thank you all for listening to this. If you listen to this podcast just for, for uh, the formula H and, and snaps, you know what? Give us a chance. If you don't like it, move on. That's all good. We completely get it. But thank you very much for getting to this point. Uh, we love our, our listeners. We can't wait to, to grow the audience. As, as uh, Julian just said, we have a lot of cool things planned here for the future. We're going to become a lot more interactive. I have big plans that I haven't told them about yet that I want to see do. I would love to do some live, more live stuff, take calls somehow if we could ever imagine doing that. So I, I honestly can't wait to, to interact more with everyone. And you know what? There's, uh, there's no instructions needed. Red Band Fleet has 54 points tonight. Let's go. Peace. Yeah, we got it open. 2 a.m. working like we possessed out. Scenario is utopia, stay content with that With our best kept secret, go ahead and floor past it We don't need to get fucked up all the time and broadcast it So much overload, they overdid it Overshared about it though, we're now exposed to cynic Oversaturated, now we're all overdosing Shaking my head side to side like a motorboating Now I'm coasting and I'm ventilating Speculating all this posing, faking backstories They disseminating Trying to tell us that they got their city locked down But come the AM, well, they're getting locked out We make our moves on the low Let the rhythm hit them rock him Eric B, razor sharp can listen to that criticism about our hometown But if you ain't from here, you're done, no, don't come around It's a mayday siren, illuminate the sky We shining out the light, silver lining in disguise It's a mayday siren, standing through the night We resonate forever, yo, whenever we combine It's a mayday siren, illuminate the sky We shining out the light, silver lining in disguise It's a mayday siren, standing through the night We resonate forever, yo, whenever we combine This is anti-tourism, expanding my pure vision We stand and we fan flames that came into fruition Using the true wisdom we imbibe from our environment Every idea we inscribe become Leviathan We thrive under pressure from the weight that you place on our shoulders Cliches just make us bolder We break in the mold, embracing the cold From the snow-capped mountains we can trace With our fingertips roll air clean No chem detected, choke on those vapors Constantly 
subjected to Become familiar with that box that you left us in Even come to love, I feel the bond Like it's next to kin, we resting in, sleeping You wrestling, weakened Weak out, stress seeking You out, left tweaking Speak out, know you hate That we fucking got it made But it's too late for our pity Paid the cost for your charade So this our mayday siren Illuminate the sky We shining out the light Silver lining in disguise It's our mayday siren Standing through the night We resonate forever Yo, whenever we combine Siren, illuminate the sky We shining out the light, silver lining in disguise It's our mayday siren, down through the night We resonate forever, yo, whenever we combine